This episode is brought to you by Dundee Venture Capital. Dundee VC is a premier early stage VC firm located in Omaha, Nebraska. With an amazing portfolio and incredible value to the entrepreneur, Dundee is the perfect choice if you're looking to raise capital or become an LP. If you're connected to a startup with huge potential, you'll definitely want to talk to Dundee Venture Capital and Softlayer, an IBM company. If you're an entrepreneur, Softlayer has created an incredible program just for you. It's called Catalyst. Catalyst offers amazing perks to you and your company, including credits to use their servers, mentorship, connections, and marketing support. To find out more, visit softlayer.com slash catalyst. Again, that's softlayer.com slash catalyst to find out more about this amazing program. This week is a very festive episode. We discussed holiday parties and how to reward your team with great gifts at the end of the year. We also caught up with Andrew Hyde, founder and creator of Startup Weekend. He shares his wealth of experiences in traveling and startup community building. All this and more on this episode of Inside Outside. Running a startup is hard. Running one outside the valley is even harder. Inside Outside is a podcast for inside access to startups outside the valley. Each week, we'll bring you real insights, raw stories, and tactical advice from founders and startup teams around the country. Let's get started. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Inside Outside, your look into startups outside Silicon Valley. My name is Matt Boyd. I'm Brian Ardinger. And I'm Paul Jarrett. How are you this week? Good. How are you guys doing? Really good. I'm in the festive spirit. <laughs> Matthew Getting Boyd. close to Christmas. Matthew Boyd, where are you? <laughs> I am currently in uh, Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Uh, was in Brooklyn yesterday. We drove down um, a very long drive. And uh, yeah, we, we rented a cabin up here in the mountains and we're, uh, we're just hanging out. It's pretty sweet. Gatlinburg sounds more dangerous than Brooklyn. <laughs> well, the city right next to it's called Pigeon Forge, so uh, <laughs> they all sound kind of weird. But and Mr. Ardinger, where are you coming at us from? I am in my basement in Lincoln, Nebraska. Live from the Ardinger basement in Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> How about like you, Paul? It. I am. Where at- are you at? I am at Bulu Box headquarters right now. So if it sounds like I have a little bit of echo, um, um, hopefully it's not too bad, but I'm flying solo. Just saw the last person leave not too long ago. Sweet, sweet. Um, so we're going to talk about, you know, how to give gifts to your team. Um, you know, what what are the appropriate gifts, that kind of, that kind of stuff, and how to reward them properly. So... Uh, with that in mind, let's break into the, the conversation. What do you guys think about giving gifts to your team? Well, this is a fun little wow. interesting, different topic. I, I, I know. Yeah, what I thought we were just, I, go ahead, Brian. <laughs> go ahead. I was just, I thought we were going to talk about like uh, cool gifts to give each oh, other. That's cool. What are you guys going to get me? <laughs> what are you guys going to get me this, uh, this, uh, holiday season? <laughs> um, that's a good question. Maybe, uh. I don't know. Maybe some beard oil. That'd be pretty. St- <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, been go- I've been going through that very quickly lately. And we're also going to talk about, you know, how to, how to give good gifts to founders, uh, pretty much everything holidays, holiday parties. And it's going to be a festive, a festive episode here. So we actually already Ooh. had our holiday party. Oh yeah. How was it? Was it good? We, yeah. We, we went December 4th. Um, I heard it was a good time. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, it was, it was a pretty, pretty low key. We used to do, 
the holiday parties were pretty, um, is a pretty big deal and it was pretty loud and, and pretty wild. But, um, in recent years we've actually tamed it down a little bit. And I actually think it's a lot better because not only do, um, people get a chance to kind of talk and, and converse and whatnot, but also we get a chance to kind of meet the significant others of everybody that works at the startup. Yeah. And I think that's super important. So, you know, when you kind of have like a, you know, a big wild holiday party, like it's hard to actually take time to meet everybody, but we keep it really low key now. And, um, I really enjoy the time of not only, you know, hanging out with all the people that work at our company, but also getting to know their significant others, which is like so important. I think it's, it's, it's something that a lot of people miss. Um, I always talk to my co-founder slash wife about this of like how important it is to actually, you know, meet and understand and converse with the significant others of people that work at your company, because, uh, more times than none, it's really hard for them to kind of understand the lifestyle. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's incredibly important and it gives the, your significant other, you know, a chance to kind of put names and faces together. And, um, you know, obviously at the holiday party, you typically don't talk a lot of business, but, um, it at least gives other people an opportunity to uh, kind of see the the lay of the land and kind of put faces with names and get a better feel for why your spouse or significant others, you know, putting in those hours and stuff. So we actually had a, a holiday retreat. Uh, we flew everybody to, uh, to Tahoe, Lake Tahoe. And um, we actually, because it was so a, fancy, <laughs> because it was specifically a retreat, uh, we, we basically just stated that we, uh, we didn't want significant others there because we wanted it to be more of a team bonding uh, experience. That's cool. Um, yeah. But I think that, you know, when it comes down to like a party, I think that that's like the perfect avenue for meeting the, the spouses and the significant others. I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah, we do. One of the uh, things we've done in the, in the community is, is have kind of holiday parties. I know that Omaha, I didn't have a chance to go up there to the, the party this weekend uh, at the exchange building. Uh, but they had a, a kind of a founders get together um, for people across different countries, uh, companies. Same thing for what we did down here in Lincoln. We had a you know a Thanksgiving little festival um, and got some of the founders that were uh, that don't typically always uh, grab food together and got them together for uh, for just a chance to talk and, and relax and have a conversation. Yeah, yeah that was a good time. Who um, hol- so that was at the holidays new- are a good time to do that. Yeah, that was the new uh, Fuse co-working space. And then it was, I think, uh, Dillashaw Law and somebody else put that on, right? Yeah, SP Group Co. We got a couple of folks to kind of pay for the turkey and, and uh, it was a good Have time. you guys heard of any? Yeah, that was really cool. What are, there, was, what are, there was a lot of people that we hadn't seen for a while. What are some of the other companies doing uh, for their holiday parties? That, have you heard? So we've heard of a couple of companies that are doing, uh, taking their uh, teams to the escape rooms oh, around town. Cool. Uh, oh, so, I'm addicted. You know, taking so addicted. The idea of, uh, you know, kind of a team building. Uh, I've gone, you know, in past years, our companies have done things like, uh, you know, laser tag and, you know, kind of ac- action uh, adventure type of uh, parties rather than just sit around and have cocktails and eat beanie weenies. Yeah, yeah. This episode is brought to you by Dundee Venture Capital. If you're an entrepreneur or looking to invest in startups, you'll definitely want to give Dundee Venture Capital a call. We caught up with founder of Dundee VC, Mark Haysbrook, to hear his thoughts on founder focus. I would tell founders, don't focus on the capital first. Focus on 
the energy, the enthusiasm, how you build a team, how you really solve a big problem and capital will find you. The other thing is, I think we see a lot of stumbling around about value. And in the Midwest, valuation is certainly a lot more conservative than on the coast. Uh, I wouldn't spend a lot of time on that because it's all relative. You're reading headlines about billion dollar companies and it just doesn't make sense, you know, for what companies that at least we're seeing and building out in the Midwest. So, you know, focus more on uh, building your company and, and growing it aggressively. The biggest challenge and, and the fear we have is that they don't grow fast enough. And now back to the show. Just kind of shifting the, the focus a little bit. What, what are some, um, let's talk about gifts for a second. What, what are some things that you can get, you know, the, the, the founder, maybe somebody who's entrepreneurial in your life? Um, you know, if, from my perspective, I think that the, a really, really good thing to get anybody. I, I'm a fan of bo- scotch, scotch, <laughs> scotch. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, but also the book giving. Uh, I think that books are, and maybe somebody, some people think this is dry, but I think specifically for an entrepreneur um, who you've dealt with in the past, maybe you've talked to them about struggles they're dealing with or that kind of stuff. Um, Maybe a specific book is a very, very personal thing that you can you can uh, give give somebody, especially if they're dealing with some some issues regarding their company or whatever. I think that's a really thoughtful, great gift. Um, I think there's um, it's it's a hard line to toe, right? Like not not giving somebody a book that's um, you know they might be offended by it somehow, but um, there's some really great books that. I've read over the years and that I continue to share with people. And, um, um, I think that's a really great idea for a gift. Um, I also think scotch is a great <laughs> gift when in doubt scotch. Um, and, uh, we actually, uh, we had a, we have this epic white elephant gift party, um, at Bulu box. So during our holiday party, we have white elephant and it is, it's like some of the craziest things I've ever seen. Um, I think the best one this year was, um, uh, a photograph. So there's an app called yo shirt, Y O S H I R T. I saw this on And you Facebook. can take a photograph. Yes. You can take a photograph of anything and put it on like a t-shirt, a tank top yoga pants or whatever. <laughs> and somebody took a photograph of our, uh, our, uh, a COO Adam Choate, just literally a picture of his face <laughs> and printed it on a t-shirt. So, um, that was pretty funny, but I think, I think a book is great. Um, can't go wrong with scotch and, um, you know, there's some pretty interesting, funny gifts, uh, give me glitter or what it was send send your enemies glitter. That's always like a good one too. <laughs> That's pretty good. What do you guys think about, uh, you know, obviously as a startup, your, your budget's pretty limited, uh, as far as like gifts for the employees, or is it just good enough to have a party or what, what are some of the thoughts around that? I, I kind of think that, you know, uh, spend that budget on doing a really good party to me, uh, to me, the ultimate gift from the company to the team is just a, an excellent party, just like a blowout of, uh, kind of an, it's, it's kind of a, you know, a retrospective of the entire year. I think that the holidays are pretty fortunate in that regard. You can, it, it is at the end of the year, so you can look back on progress and be reflective and that kind of stuff. And if the company's doing well, if you, if, if you're growing, then I think that it's a perfect opportunity to 
to both celebrate the holidays together, but also celebrate uh, your growth as a team together and the, the growth of the company and that kind of thing. So I, I would spend, yeah. I would we, definitely spend the budget on uh, not individual gifts for people, but uh, yeah, throw a really good party. Yep. The gifts that we gave were, were typically, we, we had a, a yearly shirt, like a t-shirt was made for that particular year. And so it became you know, you, something you got at the holiday party wasn't like a gift that you were, you know, like looking forward to, but it was unique to that particular year. And so, you know, everybody wore them at different times. So you could kind of know when an employee was hired and that based on the the year they got the particular shirt and yeah. uh, just kind of a fun way to cool. celebrate and, and not too expensive. Yeah, we do. Um, we do. Uh, so we get everybody like a, you know, a pretty reasonable gift card. Um, and then we do a holiday party with, um, it's like two drinks and then food is paid for. Um, but I'll tell you, I think what everybody looks forward to the most is we, um, probably about two weeks before the holiday party, we open up a Google drive account, uh, just like a, a folder, I guess. And we tell everybody to drop all of their video and all of their photographs of kind of that oh, yeah. year. And, um, our, our holiday video, which we've done now for, oh my gosh, it's been three years, four years. Yeah. Four years. Um, that's probably thing, the thing that people look forward to most and it's ridiculous and it's funny and it's like, you know, everybody gets made fun of. And, um, so at the end of the night, I mean, it's still a really reasonably priced. And, and I think that's a very Midwest thing. Like you just don't go nuts on the party. Like we're talking like under a thousand dollars, right? And it's like, yeah. you know, food, drinks for people, nice little gift card to take away a white elephant party. But I think the thing that people look forward to most at our at our kind of get togethers is the actual um, annual holiday video. We do two videos a year. We do our anniversary video and then we do our holiday video. And it's uh, there's some pretty funny stuff once you start looking at photos from the past year that happens in such a short time frame. But we're also like super if anybody hasn't picked up or like super like social media and addicted and, and photograph addicted. So we have, <laughs> we have plenty of content to kind of laugh at ourselves with. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of animated gifts. <laughs> <laughs> yes. A lot of animated gifts. Absolutely. I think that's actually a good point. I think that a lot of times um, media is actually a really good thing to give uh, because it's, well, number one, it has the added benefit that it's fairly inexpensive and, and regardless of what budget you're on, it's always just, uh, it makes sense from that perspective. But, you know, I think uh, if, if you give some form of media, whether it's an annual video or, you know, you make memes, like I, I think an interesting idea is to right, like make right. memes of the individual people Yep. Um, or, you know, yep. put their faces in memes and do funny things like that and send them, uh, yep. you know, maybe throw them in hip chat throughout the holiday season or something. I think that's kind of an interesting, just like, it's almost like these, these personal, you don't have to spend a crap ton of money to show that you care almost. Um, so it's almost these right. like personal digital uh, assets that you can kind of pass on to, to the team to show them that, you know, they're valuable. Make a gif of everyone. That would be amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> an animated gif or a meme. We, there, there was a few memes in our holiday video, but an animated gif or meme of everybody would be pretty fantastic. Yeah, it definitely would for sure. So if you guys um, could get anything for the holiday season, what would it be? What what uh, what do you hope to 
what present on your, um, what is it like 12th day of Hanukkah or underneath your Christmas tree or <laughs> Kwanzaa, whatever it is, what do you hope to open up and get this year? I've got everything I need, but some of the gifts that I've gotten in the past have been pretty cool. Um, you know, I used to travel a ton and uh, I still do, but not quite what I used to put in. But, um, my wife one year got me, uh, you know, kind of the red carpet pass for, uh, United airlines. I don't know what it's called oh, yeah. anymore, but you know, the kind of the, year-long lounge pass. Yeah, that's cool. I tell you, it saved my bacon more than once over the year. Oh, so you're the, you're the, you know, you're the fancy guy in the, uh, those, those VIP rooms at the airport. Exactly. Exactly. Well, it was, it was a really good gift. Uh, I don't think I would have paid for it by myself, but, uh, I tell you it was, it was worth it. That is a really good gift. I've tried to sneak into those things a hundred <laughs> times and there is no <laughs> way they let you in there without the correct, uh, identification. That's right. I think from my perspective, I, I don't really have, I don't need a lot, um, and I'm kind of a minimalist in general, but things to make me even more minimal, so like travel gear uh, to help, you know, pack away my stuff, I think that's that's kind of what, what I'm looking for, um, and not that I'm looking for anything, but that's kind of what I, if, if. I always tell, uh, yeah. I always tell my wife, like, if you can find a device that does like two things in one or three things in one, I want that thing. Oh yeah. I mean, that's why I chose. So I'm, <laughs> I'm filming a lot of the stuff that I'm doing right now for travel. And that's why I chose, I bought, you know, I spent, I, I, I'm selling my uh, iPhone six. Uh, yeah. My iPhone six and I, I upgraded to a six S plus. Um, and that's why I'm using that as my camera because the camera's amazing and it's multiple devices in one. So it's just less, instead of buying a massive DSLR camera, I, I just have my iPhone. <laughs> Are you posting anything online yet? Uh, not yet. No, I'm trying to figure it out, but I will soon for sure. Have, have you guys figured out a name that you're going to post stuff to or what? Or maybe maybe you could really quick explain to people what the heck you're doing. Yeah. So uh, basically I'm just traveling around the U.S. with some friends. Um, kind of left... I left Lincoln recently, uh, as some of you may know, but um, <clears throat> I, I'm we're just traveling and and kind of vlogging the entire thing, and it's going to be kind of a, an adventure, uh, an adventure vlog on YouTube. Uh, I, I'm I'm going to be vlogging under the name In Transit, um, so look for that. But it's not up yet. <laughs> so whenever you're listening, could to this, we make our could we make our entire next episode about what the heck Matt Boyd is doing? We could, we definitely could, but there's not much. <laughs> I, I'm just traveling. <laughs> I, I, I prefer to call it what the fuck is Matt Boyd doing? But if we have to call it what the heck is Matt Boyd doing? I, I, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> yeah. So what, uh, so what is your ideal gift or what, what do you hope's under the tree? Ooh. Um, so I think I, I'm I'm really interested right now. Um, even though I'm a hardcore Apple user, I'm I'm sorry everybody out there because I'm sure there's a lot of like Microsoft.net people <laughs> listening to this. Um, I'm a <laughs> I'm a hardcore Apple user, um, but I am interested in um, some of the kind of Samsung VR stuff. Basically, any like honestly, if I could get the perfect gift, it'd be like Oculus Rift with like a whole motherboard system set up, et yeah. cetera, et cetera. Um, so either that or um, scotch. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> 
the theme the, continues. Those, those, those are the, uh, the, the, the two things. Um, or if I could, you know, really have a, um, um, a wonderful gift, it would be, a um, a few more investment firms opening up in the kind of Nebraska <laughs> area, maybe, maybe Kansas city, all those other areas. So, um, I think there's some really, really, really great companies right now. Um, more than ever, you know, you know, it feels like a year ago or so, um, there was a lot of kind of startup people. Um, there's chitter chatter around, you know, new companies, but, um, I think there's a, there's a lot of really great companies that are looking to grow or excel. And, um, I, th- I think the time is right for, um, some, some firms to come in and kind of bring those, those people to the next level. So, um, yeah, so I guess Oculus Rift, Scotch or VC firms, you know, that's a pretty normal list. <laughs> Hopefully Santa's listening <laughs> and he's well connected in the VC world. That's right. So, uh, he probably, he probably is because you know, he's not like, you know, there, there's gotta be a crazy customer acquisition cost in LTV for dropping <laughs> off gifts through a chimney. Absolutely. So how do we wrap this episode up? I mean, from my perspective, I think that I'll wrap it up, uh, and just say happy holidays. Um, and you know, whatever gift you decide to give your team, whatever holiday party you throw, uh, make it a good one. Make sure that the team feels valued. Make sure that they, uh, know that they're worth that they are the company. I think that that's that's very very important. I think that uh, your team is your company. It's not you. Your company's not you. It's your team. So uh, treat your team well and and get them good gifts. Sounds good. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, I would say you know celebrate the su- success of the year. Um, you know it only comes around once a year, and it's a nice time to go about and kind of. Celebrate your wins and, and plan for the next uh, year ahead and uh, just make it happen. And I'm going to go with scotch. <laughs> there it is. Scotch. Boom. Boom. Done. Like if you want to start something, you can. There's nothing stopping you. Um, there's a lot of things in your life that, you know, will be an inconvenience to it, but there's nothing actually stopping you from starting something. This is Andrew Hyde, avid traveler blogger and founder of the worldwide phenomenon startup weekend let's get started hey andrew hyde is our guest today on the podcast thank you for coming out um andrew can you tell us a little bit about who you are and and, uh, what brings you to the startup community world yeah thanks for having me brian excited to chat um so let's see my startup in the startup world was quite a few years ago um and i accidentally stumbled into starting my own company and i thought it was this like novel and amazing thing and then i realized that there's a lot of people doing it a lot of people doing it better um, I started lucky enough to be the first employee at Techstars, and I started a worldwide movement called Startup Weekend and Startup Week. And you've got, I mean, I think you have a number of uh, things to your resume credit as far as if you look around at startup communities around the world and the things that they're doing, everything from open coffees to Ignites, things like that. It seems like you've played a, a role in instigating that. Um, what what kind of gave you the urge to kind of start all these types of events and get people together? Yeah, I mean, Boulder's a special place. Um, but when I moved to Boulder, I had a really tough time getting a job. Um, I graduated, you know, top of my class. I'm in college and I really, like I had 70 job interviews and I got two callbacks and one interview and I didn't get a job. And so like moving to Boulder was really tough for me. And so when I finally did get connected and, you know, connected in the scene and and kind of had my projects really rolling, I decided to make it better for other people moving to town. 
Um, in doing that, I've kind of made all these events and I found those to be kind of the, the best way to kind of connect and build community. Um, so Boulder, a town of 100,000, um, has the largest Ignite in the world. Ignite's this public speaking event, five-minute talks with 20 slides. It's a really fun and engaging uh, night. Uh, TEDx, at one point we had the largest in the world. I think we're now in the top five. Um, and then uh, our startup week was the largest in the world for a while. And then, you know, so it's like this little small town, you know, really kind of grew up around itself. Um, I think the startup community around events um, really started to shine. I was lucky enough to start traveling as well. So I inspired a lot of communities to really look at their communities as something they should focus on um, with their companies. And a lot of communities before that, you know, it's kind of community was something you did if you uh, didn't have a job. But now it's kind of a core asset that if you are the most successful startup in town, you need to be giving as much as much as you can back to the community. So talk, walk me through a little bit like that first event. What was it like and, and kind of what was the trigger and what made you say, hey, we're going to do a variety of these things? Yeah, um, the, the odd thing about Startup Weekend and how it started was, you know, I was in an office in Boulder, Colorado. I was at the Techstars office, you know, it was a Wednesday or Tuesday or Wednesday night. And I was like, why am I the one always introducing people? You know, like that was the, the core problem that I was just like, <laughs> like, why have I worked with all these great designers and developers and marketers? And it's because I was a freelancer and I'd worked with a lot of people. But I realized that if you'd been working in a company for five years, you knew people that worked in that company and you didn't know anybody else professionally. So it's like, why don't we just do like a, ter- you know, like a terrible project for the weekend and like get to know each other? And that was, you know, and I was kind of like, Hey guys, do you think there's something to this? You know, I said that to the three or four people in the room and they were like, yeah, that sounds great. Go do it. And it was just like, that was it. That was like, that was the full discussion. You know, like it was the full defense to that idea. It was like, yeah, it sounds, you know, fun enough. Let's go for it. And so we had our first event three weeks later on the 4th of July weekend, if you can believe that. And, uh, we had it above a bike shop in Boulder and it was just a, a magical, magical event and it spurred. And now we're in 141 countries and have had almost 5,000 startup weekends. It was really amazing. That's, that is truly amazing. And, you know, you mentioned a lot about, you know, getting people out of their, their existing buckets, um, whether it's corporate environments and that, how do you go about doing that other than being I mean, a, a natural connector? Yeah. Are there things, uh, you know, techniques you've learned over the years that, can help with that process? Yeah, I think, well, I think everybody should realize that they can start something if they want to. Right? And I think that that is a shocking assumption for some people. Like <laughs> if you want to start something, you can't, there's nothing stopping you. Um, there's a lot of things in your life that, you know, will be an inconvenience to it, but there's nothing actually stopping you from starting something. Um, nobody, you don't have to ask anybody for permission. So, I mean, I graduated college thinking that entrepreneurs were, you know, people with rich parents, you know, college entrepreneurs, college age entrepreneurs. It was just like, that's, that wasn't the case. You know, like you've got to put yourself in a position where you can take a risk. Um, but it's not just for people from a wealthy family. Um, entrepreneurship is accessible. And when I travel and I've been to a startup weekend in something like 50 countries now, um, I've definitely met startups. I've been to a co-working space in over 65. Um, you, you, it's just, it's just this universal language. Right. Everywhere in the world, I was just in Mongolia and, you know, within an hour of the startup weekend starting, they'd formed teams and started talking about like the lean startup model. <laughs> you know, I had some 19 year old Mongolian woman telling me all about customer development, what they were going to do. And they were leaving for the night to go talk to people about this. And it was just like, wow, 
this is, this is stunningly amazing that like everywhere in the world that you go to the best practices are kind of coming to the top and people are really helping each other out. And that's so inspiring. Is that primarily driven by the network or, or just, I mean, I mean, obviously the internet that has played a big role, but it does seem like over the past six, seven, eight years or whatever, I mean, it's been a significant speed of, of, uh, of people involved in this, right. what what can you count that to? I think that you know before, if it, if you had an idea, the, the the outlet of for that idea was raise a bunch of money or convince somebody to build it for you, or you know, like there was just this black hole. There was it wasn't mm-hmm. really great advice, and there's all these people that had kind of done it and had, and had done it very inefficiently. And so now, what's happened is, you know, if if you have an idea, yeah, you you pitch somebody, your friend. They're going to say, well, you should read these blogs or you should check out this book or, you know, like there's these great resources. And I think that that's just spread internationally extremely quickly. And I think it's happened because it's happened both inside the academic markets and outside the academic markets. It's, you know, the lean startups being taught at Stanford and Stanford is teaching design thinking to other startups. You know, like there's this whole thing where everybody's kind of playing off each other. But the result is, is that early stage entrepreneurs are being amazingly effective what they do are you seeing that move up the stack to corporations in that now and how yeah. what kind of role are, are you seeing with some of this kind of community building yeah. in that space i'm seeing a lot of corporates um or people that are, are doing long-term careers in corporations trying to do the entrepreneurship thing where they're yeah. really i think a lot of companies are saying that like they either feel that they're gonna they, you know their core business model can be disrupted and they're realizing that and they they should be a part of that they should wait to just be kicked out and so I think that a lot of, you know, big corporates are very fearful right now. Um, and I don't know if that's rightfully so. I think that, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, a lot of people even look at, at startups, you know, that reach quick successes, people that, you know, are in that corporate phase, like Groupon right now, right? Like right. Groupon, the fastest revenue growing company of all time. And then two years after they set that mark, they're kind of something that people laugh at. Like, oh, yeah. they didn't understand how, you know, like this coachable thing. It's like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if this is a real number. I think that like their, their revenue per year is still like north of 300 million or something just insane. Huh. And people are like, oh, well, it's like, you know, like people look down on AOL, you know, the homepage. And it's like, do you know how many people visit that? Like your startup, well, you'd be so happy if your startup had anywhere near that. And so I think that a lot of startups even have that corporate apathy. Um, and I think that every day you don't launch, you, you kind of get that itch. So I think that no matter what stage of company, you're going to have that feeling. And I think a lot of the bigger corporates are, are kind of responding by telling people that are like going to the startup meetups, like, Hey, um, we think you're going to leave. So why don't you do what you wanted to do while, by leaving, but we'll just pay you. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's super smart. <laughs> and you're seeing a lot of like evangelists come out of big companies that are, they're just listening. And they're like, you know, they can kind of step up and say like, I'm seeing something big. Do you guys see this? And, um, hopefully their speed to respond is much quicker that way. So you've, you've had a front row seat really at since the beginning when, you know, startups weren't sexy, so to speak. And, and now they certainly are to a certain extent. What, um, what do you think what's changed over those last five, six years? So I think, I mean, two big things have changed as I've seen it. One, the education has gotten a lot better, right? Your ability to launch something, um, and I was just at a conference put on by freelancer.com, you know, and I was just on there today looking at, you know, like all the little things that like you can connect with somebody that'll help you set up a website pretty quickly now. Um, yeah. 
you know, that has ratings that has, you know, not saying that's the only way to launch, but like to get to that MVP, I think that education and that accessibility is just scary. How, how, uh, how good it's gotten. Um, and the second thing is I think a lot of people will reset their, their goals. I think that entrepreneurship 10 years ago was by either people that wanted to, uh, you know, kind of put a dent in the world or make a lot of money. Like that was most entrepreneurs that I knew. And now a lot of people are in the game are saying, I want to like employ three people and take two weeks of vacation a year that I, I really enjoy or take four weeks of vacation or, or, you know, or I want to work on my art half time and I want to do this project the other half of the time. So you're seeing all these people come into the game with really interesting products and, and, um, and technology that don't have these motivations of like taking over the world or, you know, buying the house on the hill. They just want to like solve a problem for themselves. And I, I find that those to be my favorite entrepreneurs. That's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's definitely changing in so many different facets and uh, we're seeing it, you know, obviously here in the plains of Nebraska and, and other places I travel around the world as well. It's, it's uh, pretty amazing. You know, so talk a little bit about, um, so you were first employee at Techstars and started startup week. And then I think you, you left and did some other things and now you're back full circle uh, back to the tribe. And it's, it's gone from, you know, a weekend to <laughs> thousands of weekends around the world. Um, what's that been like for you? And, and what do you see the next five years uh, taking shape? Yeah. I, I kind of wish I had a better story for the, the first startup weekend, as far as like what I visioned, you know, the, the company to be, um, because I just, I really wanted it to work for Boulder. Right. And the first one happened, it was kind of like in my mind, it switched from, you know, like, can we do this to like mission accomplished? And then the people are like, we want to do this in Boston. It's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess we could do that too. But like, it already worked. It was great. We already, you know, like the hard work's done. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So it's this very funny thing. Like it's in 151 countries. I often, um, you know, kind of challenge people to name 151 countries. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just one of those things where it's just like, it's bigger than I think I, I can grasp even knowing it and having the time to grasp it. Um, everywhere I could go in the world, I can meet somebody that's been to a startup weekend. And now you've kind of, uh, added on to that, you know, I've seen with the startup week, yeah. can you talk a little bit about, uh, building that and, and what that's all about? Cause that's obviously not as well known. Right. Yeah. So week, um, is, is a passion project for me to start out with. It started in 2010 and it was kind of this idea that weekend does a really good job with, with, cele- you know, creating entrepreneurs, but then when they're successful, we don't really celebrate them. And so how do we, as a community, as a startup community in a, in a city, how do we really celebrate entrepreneurship? And so let's create a week where we have five days of, of really independent programming that celebrates the startup community around the world. So I think that's the biggest thing with startup week. You know, we've got 150 cities around the world. Um, we can add more on people and just email me, um, you know, um, at my texter's email address, we can post that, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, your city should have a week where everybody gets together and kind of looks around the room and says, there's other people just like me that are having the same problems or the different parts of the life cycle of a startup. And I need to support and really be happy about every single one of them. And I think every startup community should just you know, have this default. We support everybody in our community and hope that everybody succeeds. And I think when you have that, you have this really amazing place um, for entrepreneurship to grow. You, you definitely talked a lot about that, like in your blog and or I've seen you speak in that about, you know, kind of a community code of con- conduct and what 
startup community should really do and, and how they should act. So can you talk a little bit about your, your vision and philosophy on, on actually building community? Yeah, I was just in Australia and Australia has, they have a saying called the tall poppy syndrome, which I hadn't really heard outside of Australia. I'm not sure if it's a British, um, I'm not sure where the term comes from, but basically you never want to be the tallest flower because <laughs> tallest flowers get cut down. And so let's just, uh, let's just, you know, not try to be the tallest. And I think that's really a dangerous thing. So a lot of people will be successful but then downplay their success. So it's like, they really don't want to, you know, they don't want to create as a community, a culture for entrepreneurship to succeed. So I think that in a, if you're a leader in a startup community, you really need to show that by helping as many people out as possible. And I think that's really your true leadership. Um, I think a lot of the people that really have the best companies um, really are, are noble and amazing. The people I look up to are the people that give back the most to their communities via kind of this selfless giving. I think that there's like some simple rules and I wrote on my blog, just kind of like to try to define these, like you're in a small community. There's no reason to try to put somebody down, right? Like you just, you're going to do no good in the long run. So you just have to realize that everybody's complex. And if you don't like somebody, you might, you might just not want to work with them, but you don't really need to be mean to them. And you don't really need to downplay them on the broader community aspect. I think that you need to, as a community, realize that you're in it together and that you have this challenge um, to kind of grow together. And uh, it's, it's an everybody wins or nobody wins type of, of an event. So what are some of the, I guess, top mistakes that you see startup communities making right now? And, or what can they do to avoid that? Yeah, I think a lot of communities are, are making a mistake in that they're really overloading themselves with things that aren't efficient to the greater good. So they're, they're working for you know, 200 hours on a symposium with the university where they should, you know, if they'd spent 200 hours at a coffee shop with a sign on the table that says, how can I help you? They would have been much better served. Right. So like, I think that you just need to be as efficient as possible. And I think that you've got to be like, you've got to have play. You've got to be silly about it. Um, One of my favorite startups right now just does white um, stickers on laptops. So you can kind of have your, your whiteboard is your laptop. So if you're at Starbucks, you can oh, yeah, write yeah. on it. Like, I saw that. It was on, it was on product hunt yeah. a couple days ago. Yeah. So cool. And it's just a, such a simple idea and such, you know, it's nothing, you know, it's nothing crazy smart. It's nothing crazy technical. It's nothing crazy complicated, but it was just like, I'm at a coffee shop and it wouldn't it be funny just to be like, do you need help with your website? So he kept on doing that. He kept on posting photos and everybody on Facebook thought it was such a hilarious thing that he started selling them. And I think he's doing really, really well on it. And it's just great to see, but it's like, this play, right? And so often you go to work and you just, and if you work in a startup, you know, you've got the up days, you've got the down days and many times those, those are the same day. And so having this idea that you can just like relax and be at home with a lot of people um, is really powerful. There's a, there's an app called Talkspace um, that um, I think everybody should, should check out. And it's one of my favorite startups because it just, I think a lot of depression happens in the startup world and we don't talk about it and there's a stigma around it. So TechSpace is an app where it connects you with a, a counselor for I think 150 bucks a month. You can have four you know, half hour calls or just chat, chat with them. And it just kind of like, let's just treat mental health as something. So if you're to do that as a startup founder and just say, this is something you do. Um, I think that's super healthy, you know, just like realizing that it's tough. There's a lot of people in the same, having the same problems you're not going to run into a problem that you're the only person in the world that's run into that. And then it's really healthy to be open and honest with, with where you're at. Well, this has been great. The, the last question we always try to ask our, uh, our, our guests uh, is how can we help you? How can our audience help you? 
Yeah, I mean, check out um, startupweek.co and see if there's a startup week in your community. Um, so the pitch for Startup Week is that it's kind of this unowned conference, right? Like nobody, no, no, no person is going to personally um, own or profit off of a startup ecosystem, right? And, and if that's the case, and if you believe in that philosophy, then a conference should happen in a city where everybody pitches in and there should be leadership and there should be people that are, are directing it. But everybody should kind of throw, throw back, throw it into their community and really celebrate it. So mm-hmm. I think that's my biggest thing. And I've kind of spent the last two years really focusing on Startup Week. Um, 2010, I founded Startup Week in Boulder. Um, we had one city. We had an event with 600 people. And this year, I think we had over 70 cities around the world and just over 90,000 people participate in one. Um, I'd love to see that double next year. So that's what I'm, I'm really working on. Um, and it's, it's, a funny, it's a funny issue because it, it's a proven thing. It works well. You know, once you do one, it markets itself. It's this great community event. And year three, we have this problem with organizers saying, this is kind of a full-time job. This is bigger than I ever thought. Of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so that, now that's my issue. It's not getting people to start it. It's to think about, you know, how do you think about a startup community conference for the next 10 years in a community? And that's a really question to think about. Like, where are we going to be? Like, if you think about 10 years ago, no Facebook, no, you know, a bunch of other things. And like, where are we going to be in 10 years? That's such an exciting thing to think about. So it really is. And that's, that's what drives a lot of us out there building things right now. It's because uh, tomorrow is going to be a different place to, uh, to build. So totally. I think that a lot of, I mean, the premise of this podcast being outside the valley, I think is, is a really important thing. I've never actually really bought, I mean, like I've never been there. Have I? Like, <laughs> what's funny is I think about? like I've been in San Francisco a lot. But I've never been to a place and been like, wow, I'm in the valley. And I think that everyone in the world, and I think that's going away. I think that a lot of people that think that you can only start a company there, even those people that are really zealots about um, yeah, being there, and there's definitely reasons to be based there. There's definitely reasons. But there's so much going on outside of it that you wouldn't even have to mention it. Right? There's so much going on, in, even in every state. Um, so every country, every little pocket... So I love this idea of like, let's, let's not focus on somewhere else. Um, let's focus on our community in a way that we went there. And I think you're going to see just the, 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 the same amount of results. Special thanks this week to Andrew Hyde for joining us. Reach out to him on Twitter and let him know how much you enjoyed the interview. If you have a question for us, you can also reach out at the IO podcast. Also, if you have 30 seconds to spare, we would love for you to leave a review on our iTunes page. And while you're there, feel free to subscribe as well. Until next time, go build something big.